Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. All right, well, I want to share some things with you today. Have you got your Bibles? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Lord, thank you for this springtime. Thank you, Lord, for this new season, God, in the natural. But Father, I thank you too, Lord, that it's a new day, Lord, that there's an awakening, God, happening among us. And Father, I ask, Lord, for more. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would continue to awaken us. Help us to see clearly. Give us eye salve, God. Give us eye salve to see and to recognize our need for you. Give us eye salve to see clearly the true state of things, to recognize and see your word with such clarity. God, I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. We need help, God. You said if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. So here we are, we ask for wisdom. We ask for your Holy Spirit to enlighten the eyes of our understanding with wisdom and revelation that we would truly see and hear and do what you say to us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, Amen. hallelujah. Romans chapter six, verse 11. Hallelujah. I touched on this the other night, but I wanna share this with you. Romans six eleven. many of you could memorize this, have memorized this, you could quote it. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who knows that, who's, who's memorized that, heard that scripture before? I know there's more than one of you. I'm gonna ask the question one more time, just because it's a, we're awake. Who's heard this scripture before? Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm so glad. That's better, praise God. And um, so we, we, we understand, we are instructed. Remember, the Bible is the word of God. It is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. It tells us how to fulfill our purpose. For our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, and this book tells us how to do it. Hallelujah. So when we see it, we go, okay, brilliant. This is how I feel, fulfill my purpose in life. So it tells me what to do. It tells me, reckon myself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ. And we can go, okay, great. But you know, recently I've just been thinking about what that really means, to be dead. Reckon yourself to be dead, indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. All the way through the book of Romans, I joked, I, I joked yesterday that Romans is really, you could call it the book of the dead because it, I died, I died, we died, died, we died, 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 died. All the way through, you can see the truth about the fact that we as Christians, have been crucified with Christ, hallelujah. Nevertheless we live, we died, but nevertheless we live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in us. We have died to sin and we've been made alive to Christ, amen? Understanding this though, I think that the the use of this word over and over and over again in the book of Romans is not an accident. He's wanting us to really think about this. We died. We're to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin. 
I want you just to picture for a moment. Imagine you're in heaven. Would you do that? You can close your eyes for a minute if you like. Now imagine you are in heaven. You might imagine you're at the throne room. You're, at, you're seeing Jesus, the Father, seated on the throne. You're there with him. Every weight, every sin, every burden, all the guilt, it, it drops off you and, and like, a, like a, a lead weight and goes through the floor into outer darkness. <sighs> You're in heaven, free. In heaven you are free from sin. It's not even an issue. It's not a hindrance, it's not a bother. You don't deal with it, there's no guilt. There's no shame, there's no anxiety, there's no fear, there's no judgment, there's no criticism. Imagine you are, you're in the cloud of witnesses talking to people in heaven. Your interactions are so full of love. They are, there's only love. It's only love. There's no backbiting, there's no judgment, there's no, I'm not, I don't wanna talk to them, I'm avoiding them. It's just, you're free, free from sin, hallelujah. Yeah. But you can open your eyes and I, I think about this and you think, what happens when a Christian dies? They get buried, but their spirit is alive in heaven, yes? Yeah. Actually alive in heaven. We're being told continually to consider ourselves as though we've already gone through that process and we are already citizens of heaven, already seated with him in heaven, already alive in God in heaven. And that, he says, I want you to consider yourself like this. That person that you see in heaven, unhindered by fear, unhindered by shame, completely accepted. No insecurity whatsoever. <sighs> this is what it is to reckon yourself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Reckoning yourself dead isn't like, okay, I've gotta make sure I don't sin today, or okay, theoretically I know that I'm, I'm free from sin. It's actually, allowing yourself to enter into the reality and the joy of knowing what it is to be alive to God in heaven, seated in heavenly places with Him, but walking on the earth, on earth as it is in heaven, as one who is reminding yourself, I am no longer a mere human. I've now, I've come back as a born again, believe a supernatural being who's been set free from sin, guilt, shame, condemnation, insecurity, fear. <sighs> and so every time the lies come around you that these things belong to you, you have to reckon yourself dead indeed to sin. Everything that isn't in heaven, you need to reckon yourself, hang on, no, I don't have to carry that. that. That guilt, no, no, 
That's not something I have to carry anymore. That shame from the past, those regrets, that fear, that critical spirit, no, actually no. That's not who I am. I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Hallelujah. It's a glorious way to live. And it's the way we're continually told. So when you read the book of Romans, and you see, we died, we died, we died, we died, we buried, we rose again with him, we dead, 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 dead. It actually means it. Done. You are a new creation in Christ. All things are gone. Boom, like a lead weight falling through the floor. Bang, into outer darkness. All the things that used to beset you, bang, you are now free from. God has called you to reckon yourself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Hallelujah. So as I think about that, I get a lot of joy thinking about what that looks like. And, but I've been thinking about in Scripture, the people as you read the Word of God, the people who actually lived like this, our actual examples, those who lived as people who were free from sin, who lived on earth as though they were the people who were walking around in heaven, free from all the garbage and the junk. And I look and there's, there's some mo so many beautiful examples. Firstly, of course, we look at Jesus. Jesus, who was fully God, yet fully man, tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin, was daily living in a revelation of his identity. Every day, he, he wasn't struggling with, oh, you know, is there something wrong with me? Am I, you know, am I a, am I a weak, you know, sinner that has within me anger issues and lust issues? No, when temptation came, he didn't own it. He didn't see it as something wrong with him. He recognized it as an external thing. He knew who he was. He reckoned himself free from sin. And then you look at the examples of his life. I mean, we could spend forever, and we will be able to do that, looking at it. But just for example, John 13, verse 34. I was reading this today, and it's, this comes straight after, on the same night, straight after the, they've had the Passover meal, and they're, in, they're still at the table, and Judas has just left to go and betray Jesus. And Jesus knows, and Jesus has said, okay, go do what you have to do. And, and Judas has just gone, Jesus knows he's about to be murdered, spat on, scourged. He knows all these things, and this is what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. I mean, he's just had one of his best and closest people, his leaders, walk out the door to go and betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And his, his, his commandment to the disciples isn't like, 
make sure you stay with me. He isn't like having a moment of, his, his response is, let the whole world know that you're my disciples by displaying to one another the love that I have for you. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciple because that's what I'm like and therefore that's what you're like. Ah! I look at others like, um, one of my heroes in the Bible is, is Stephen, a helper who was appointed because there was issues going on over the food that was being served to the widows and there was disputes happening and people stuff going on. And the, the apostles said, look, we really shouldn't be giving our time to that. We need to appoint some men who are full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And they appointed among six others, uh, 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 there were seven of them, they appointed this man, Stephen full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom so that he could wait on tables and sort out the issues of the people. And it was said of Stephen that he went about doing great and mighty miracles while he's sorting out people's stuff, serving food, making sure everyone gets their portion. He's doing great and mighty miracles to the point that the um, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin target him as he is dangerous. He is walking in a level of power that, that is scary and they stir up false witnesses against him. They bring slanderous accusations against him. And look at this in Acts chapter six, verse 13. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law, for we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council looked steadfastly at him, and they saw his face as the face of an angel. I mean, here they are, hurling lies and slander, and instead of him going, that's not true, that's not fair, they're liars, they're all lies. He's not there, he's like, <laughs> shining with a face like an angel. And then, um, then he goes on and he, he spells out all the scriptures to them and, and demonstrates to them that they actually have murdered Jesus, the Messiah, and in verse, uh, chapter seven, verse 54, after showing them all of this through the scripture, it says here, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. I mean, they were really viciously angry. Viciously, that's hatred. I, I don't know what someone gnashing at you with their teeth act would look like, but I think it's like really angry, like hissing to the point of like, I wanna kill you. Murderously angry. They're murderously angry, they gnash at him with their teeth. And instead of him getting angry back, it says here, because he reckoned himself dead, he being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
their teeth. And his face is shining like an angel and he's having an open vision of heaven. That's what it looks like to be dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Absolutely free from the fear of man. Not moved by blame, criticism, slander, unfair accusations, mistreatment, unjust treatment, unmoved and instead gazing up at God and, and saying, look, isn't he beautiful? This is what we can live like every day, free from sin alive to God if we will just remember what we look like. Remember the true state of our being that we have been crucified with him, not by our own effort or strength, but simply by grace through faith. We've been crucified, buried and raised up and we haven't had to do anything except humble ourselves and believe it. All right, oh, this is happier than you're acting. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he'd said this, he fell asleep. Oh, man. I get upset when someone gives me a hard time on Facebook. <laughs> and this guy was being stoned to death. And he's glowing and saying, I, don't, I forgive them, God, you forgive them too. They don't know. Who is this person? He's a heavenly creature. He's a born again believer, born from the dead. He was dead in his sin. He's now alive to God in Christ, hallelujah. Yet he lived until they killed him. You and I, that's who you are. That's who you are, that's who I am, that's who I am. You're hang on, I don't react like that. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did to this morning. If today you will reckon yourself dead indeed to sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ and alive to God, that is your character. That's who you are, hallelujah. Then I look at my favorite apostle. Who could guess who my favorite apostle is? Trevor knows. John, John, because John, all the way through his, his gospel, he refers to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. He's the one who leant on the breast of Jesus. Ah, I love John. You read the gospel of John, read first, second, and third John. Oh. Have it for dessert every night, seriously, like, ah! It's magnificent. He's full of Jesus, absolutely full of the love of God. 
He didn't start out that way. He started out as a son of thunder who wanted to call down fire on people, but <laughs> turned into this amazing, amazing man of God. Let me read you something lovely. I found it so difficult to pick out some scripture from John because I'm like, it's all good. But First John 4, he says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God, is so, God, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. I'm just gonna keep reading because it's lovely. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Boom, gone. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I, excuse me, but I just get carried away when I get into First John. It's like, <laughs> how can you stop? Maybe one day I'll just get up and I'll just read the whole of First, Second, and Third John to you for the sermon. Just, ugh. But you know, remembering that we've died actually helps us realize who we truly are. James, I, re, I share it all the time in James chapter one, it says, if any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's because he's like a man who looked at his natural face in the mirror and then walked away and forgot what he looked like. But if we'll actually look at Jesus, who is our mirror, look at him and remember reckoning ourselves daily dead to sin and alive to God in Christ, remember the truth of who we are, then we realize that as he is, so am I, so are you, so are we in this world. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who knew no sin but became sins so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ, who died and rose again as the firstborn from the dead, has invited us into his death, burial, and resurrection, and we get to live now as he is without having to go through the punishment that he did. Ha! Ah. Reckon yourselves therefore, dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. And let the world know us by our love for each other. 
By our love and our good deeds, they're supposed to know us. Not by our public, online, backbiting, criticism, judgment, and opinions. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse nine. Here's another one, Paul. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Here's the example. If you're wondering what love is, you can read it about it in Corinthians. Love is patient, it's kind, it's long-suffering, it keeps no record of wrongs, it doesn't rejoice in evil, but rejoices in the truth. That's who he is, hallelujah. And because you know him, you know who you are, and because of that, you walk in love. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. They're already doing it, but he says, increase more and more. This love thing isn't just a nice idea. It is the thing that the world will know Jesus by. Come on. That you also aspire, it says here. <laughs> we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. That is, take in more. You can't give what you're not receiving. So the revelation of the love of God is not a once-off thing, it's a continual thing that we receive and we give away. <gasps> Here's my cup, fill it up every day, here I am. Fill me to the level of every day's most quiet need, God. I need you, fill me, and he will. And the more you receive, the more you have to give away, the more you study him, the more you know him, the more you understand who you are and what you have to give. But then he says this, but we urge you, brethren, that you uh, increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. You know, I look at that in reckoning myself dead and walking in this love that the world is gonna know him by, and I have to think. I look at social media and I think, when I feel tempted to engage in something, I have to ask, is it my business? Is it something that I want, am I gonna be known to my non-Christian friends by my love if I air a public opinion about that person? Or is there perhaps, should I be going personally, privately to somebody if I have an issue first and talking with them, rather than taking to a social media platform to criticize them? By this, Shalom, by what? By your ability to have an opinion? By what shall you be known? By what are you known? How do people know you? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. So I have, to, I have to think about this. I have to think, is this gossip that I'm just jumping on a bandwagon of? Hey, I'm told to lead a quiet life and mind my own business, to stay in my lane, to love God, to love people, and to be like Him, and to treat people like He treats them. It's got to have a rub in my everyday life or it's all just theory. Can you say that by this all men know you are his disciple? Are you known? Is your online profile 
to all those people who don't yet know Jesus, if they read your stuff, do they know you by your love for the other believers, for the church? I think so, if you're here, probably do. But I have to be really careful, remembering that I need to walk properly so that outsiders, those who don't yet know Jesus, aren't going to be hindered by seeing something that isn't his nature and character reflected through me. By this shall all men know that we are his disciples, that we love who? One another, that means other Christians who don't agree with everything about the same things. Love one another as I have loved you. The body of Christ, Finney said this the other day, he said, um, I, I, I need to be good to the body of Christ because it's the body of Christ. I went, oh, that's so good. Why would, we, why would we say anything against the body of Christ? Because it's the body of Christ. Therefore, brethren, let us love one another, for love is from God. My heart is that the Holy Spirit would lead each one of us to know him, to see him, and to manifest him, to demonstrate him in our everyday life. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. You are good. Holy Spirit, help. Help us in our everyday interactions, in our everyday reactions, to respond as those who have reckoned themselves dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Lord, help us to live as those that are walking in the heavenly realms free from sin so that we might live lives that manifest you to those who don't yet know you. Lord, we ask us for grace. Shed your love abroad in our hearts by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You know, we're gonna pray for a few people in a minute and we're gonna take communion together. But before we do that, I never like to close a service without making an opportunity for people to respond to God. Jesus is the most amazing, glorious person. He is fully God. He died and he rose again. And right now, he's there saying, I have made a way for you to have eternal life. No man comes to the Father but by me, he said. But he desires that no one should perish, but that everyone would have eternal life. So all we have to do is respond to him and say, Lord, I need forgiveness. You've become punishment. You took it for me so that I could be made free, so that I could be given a clean heart, so that all the guilt, all the shame, all the punishment, all the judgment just dropped away from me and I receive grace. Forgiveness, a new heart, I'm made righteous. And we become that by responding to Jesus, responding to the mercy he offers and saying, I need forgiveness, Lord. I wanna receive you as Savior and Lord. And when we do that, the Bible says you will be born again. 
you will die to your old life and you'll be given the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to be made alive as a new creation, free from guilt, so that you can have boldness on the day of judgment, knowing that He has made you as He is. If that's you today and you know in your heart you need to respond to the mercy of God, you wanna say yes, today I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I wanna give you an opportunity. If you just raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone here today that says, yes, that's me. I wanna receive Jesus as my Lord. I wanna receive Jesus as my Savior. Just let me see your hand if that's you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone watching online, we wanna pray for you right now. I'd love you to pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. Right now, Lord, I bring you all of my sin, all of my guilt, all of my failures, and I lay it at your feet. Have mercy on me. I receive your grace, your forgiveness, eternal life. I receive the gift of righteousness. Thank you, Father, that because of the blood of Jesus, you make me clean and you make me a new creation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Well, we're going, if we can have our ushers hand out communion, I'm gonna have just a couple of people, we're gonna pray for some people. Has that been helpful for you today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now my heart is, every week when you hear a message that you wouldn't just go, okay, yeah, that was good, I agree with that. But you'd take it and tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, you'd actually bring some application to it and you'd make a deliberate effort to go, okay, this morning as I wake up, I wanna reckon myself dead. I'm gonna take a few minutes to imagine what it looks like to be a person who's in heaven already so that you can live free because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I'm gonna ask Deb to come and help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nate, do you wanna come and give me a hand today? And, uh, Pastor Daniel, let's pray for some people. Meg, help me, that would be lovely. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.